During this series of broadcasts, we've been presenting a little vignette each day, one slice of life that deals with a problem or two that people have to face. And we're trying to talk about these problems so that you will have to face them. You will have to think about how to solve them, either even if they're in your own marriage or if they're in someone else's life, so that you will know what to do either to help your own family, yourself, or how to help a friend or a neighbor or a child or somebody else. We're not trying to give you all the answers. It's not a, there's not enough time to do that. But we're trying to present a problem, a situation, to make you think about it and to give you a few leads and a few guides as to how to move from there in solving the problem. All right, are you ready for today's little vignette? Here it comes, ready or not. No, I don't want to tell you why I did it. That was Bill's reply to his parents' insistent question, why did you try to take your life? Two weeks before, Mrs. Sanders, Bill's mother, had returned from church to find Bill unconscious on the floor. He had taken an overdose of pills that he found in the family medicine cabinet. Bill, a 17-year-old senior who, like his parents, had made a profession of faith in Christ, had been drifting away from his parents over the last three years. They had tried, unsuccessfully, to get through to him. During the last month or so, Bill had been having periods of depression. His schoolwork had been suffering. He had broken up with his girl, and he had become generally miserable. That morning, he could have begged off from church, saying that he just didn't feel up to attending. How are the parents now, in this situation, you see, going to get the facts and help Bill? The first thing is, is that they're going to have to stop asking, why did you try to take your life? That question, why, is a very bad question as it usually is used. We avoid it in counseling sessions unless we're trying to get somebody to make a very definite commitment or we're trying to put pressure on someone. You see, the word why, when it begins a question, when it begins a sentence, really is a very serious interrogating question. I've studied the Gospels all through the four Gospels to see how many times and where and under what circumstances the Lord Jesus Christ asked the question, why? I don't think that you can find a single instance in the Gospels where Jesus asks the question, why, in order to get information. Again and again he asks why type questions, but he asks them always, it seems, to put pressure on people, to point out their sins, not for information, but to make them squirm under the fact that they need to recognize their failures and their sins. And that's exactly what happens in a case like this. You don't get information. You may get speculation, you may get quick answers, you may get all kinds of things to get a person off your back, but you don't get the information you're looking for. And here for two weeks, Mr. and Mrs. Sanders have been asking why, 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 and they've gotten nothing. Now, if they start asking what type questions, they might get more information. But it's possible that even before those questions can be asked, they're going to have to have a different attitude than possibly they have at this point. 
Now, we don't know a great deal about them, but we do know one thing. Most parents love their children dearly, and these parents clearly do. So they have an awful lot going for them. They care about this boy. They want to do the best thing for him. They want to give of themselves for him. They've tried over a period of time to get closer to him as he's been drifting away. One thing they're going to have to do is to take him seriously about this act. They cannot go, go around saying to him, as so often well-intentioned parents do under circumstances like this, oh, come on now, Bill, things aren't as bad as you thought they were. That's the usual response of parents when something serious like this occurs. They'll usually say, now, Bill, uh, you, you don't need to take your life. There's surely a solution to your problem. It isn't as bad as you think. Uh, things can't be all that bad. And again and again, they use words that minimize the problem. If they want answers and they want facts, they're going to have to stop minimizing. They're going to have to say instead to him, Bill, there must have been something pretty serious, something pretty seriously wrong to make you want to take your life. There must have been some really serious difficulties that occurred that got so tangled, so difficult, so problematic that you couldn't see an answer to them anywhere. When you begin to take a person seriously about his sin and seriously about his difficulties and seriously about his problems, he is much more likely to give you answers than if you begin to minimize them no matter how well-intentioned you may be in doing so. And here probably will be the way through to Bill. Moreover, if they have not sought the counsel of a pastor in this situation, they have made a very serious mistake. Of course, the church should have been on top of this matter if the boy had not been coming to church regularly as he should have. The parents should have been doing something about it already and bringing him to a Christian counselor, to a pastor, if uh, they noticed that he was having periods of depression prior to this, his schoolwork had suffered, and he had broken up with his girl, and he had become generally miserable. These are all signs of something very serious happening to a person in his life. And something should have been done earlier before the overdose ever became a necessity for Bill, or at least what he thought was a necessity. And so these parents might have permit, uh, uh, prevented this attempted suicide by dealing with him properly in those previous disappointments and dealing with depression in the proper way and having him to handle it better. But now one of the things they need to see is the hope in this situation, and this is what they need to convey to Bill. Whenever a person comes to the place where he's willing to take radical action to solve a problem or to get out of a problem, radical action of the most serious sort, such as suicide, he's really at a place where he's ready for radical change, radical alteration of the situation, radical differences to, to come about. And that means that there can be radical change that takes place quickly for God. Bill's way of solving the problem was wrong. It didn't solve any problem at all. It was a way of running from the problem, only smack into a new one, only to have to face God at the other end of suicide. But you see, that could be pointed out to him. And the fact that no matter how difficult his problem is and the recognition that it must be very difficult and very serious, nevertheless, there is radical solution to it in Jesus Christ. That he ought to put an end to the kind of life that he has been living, whatever it is that has been wrong, but not this way to put an end to that life as far as Jesus Christ is concerned by ending it uh, in a biblical way and beginning a new kind of life in which he solves those problems God's way. I think these parents in that attitude can probably get Bill to the pastor. And of course, if he refuses to go, then church discipline can be brought to bear 
and the pastor can invite him to come in a more uh, authoritative fashion. But he must, with his parents, all of them together, sit down and begin to solve this problem, whatever it is that was behind the depression, behind the difficulty, behind breaking up with the girl. Maybe that was the problem itself. Behind the suffering, schoolwork, whatever it is, these need to be brought to the fore. And the one thing that will help more than anything else is to take him seriously about the difficulty of this problem, the difficulty of his sin, and that was behind this sinful attempt to take his life. If you do that, you will probably get more information and faster than any other way. Lord, bless parents and children alike who are facing these kinds of troubles, that they may do so with Jesus Christ, his way. We ask in his name, amen.